Oh, man, if you guys only knew. Welcome back. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7, WFNZ. And Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Some of them you might like, some of them you might not. Join us, there for, <laughs> join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. Still on those texts from the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Hit us up on our socials, Wes and Walker, Twitter. Get our numbers up, man. We need to get lit out here in the social space. The WFNZ Twitter and the WFNZ Instagram. All right. College football this weekend. Yours truly will be taking a trip down to Clemson for their spring game. I will be on field and all over the place down there. Death Valley, all the facilities, your boy. So look out for that on those same socials. Uh, well, maybe not WFNZ unless they want me to. But um, lots of spring games this weekend. ACC, SEC, you got South Carolinas. Uh, they're getting going as well. You got Florida State. You got Wake Forest, uh, North Carolina. So there's some intriguing uh, spring games to be had here this weekend. Let's start with South Carolina. And the main storyline for them, we know Spencer Rattler had a fantastic season last year. For them, so it's going to be how's he going to look in year two? He threw for over 4,000 yards, 18 touchdowns. You want to see those stats get a little gaudier. 12 interceptions, though, but there's a lot of optimism down in South Carolina with the way that they ended the season. So, Walker, what do you think about uh, the, the Gamecocks' day? Uh, culminate their spring with the spring game and, and what's ahead for them. Well, one, I mean, South Carolina ending at least the regular season on a hot note. You know, they they lost to Notre Dame. 45-38 was the result of that one. But Spencer Rattler, how about against Tennessee and against Clemson leading the team to victory? How about 438 yards against Tennessee on November 19th and then following that performance up with a 360-yard passing performance just to get... I mean, this was what was crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Because you go back to Arkansas. That was the second game of the season for Spencer. He threw for 377 yards. But even then, it's not like we thought Spencer had a phenomenal game against Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at what he did all the way through until you get to Tennessee a couple months later. The dude only threw for over 200 yards twice. 200 against Vanderbilt. 212 against South Carolina State. Yeah. Every other performance he had was under 200. And then against Tennessee, boom, 438. Yeah. I mean, it's a it was a crazy jump. It, it's got to be the biggest jump as far as what you saw against top-notch competition, Wes. Like 212 yards against South Carolina State in between Arkansas and Tennessee. That was the most passing yards that you had in between. And then you go for over 400, by the way, on top of six touchdowns to zero interceptions. Even the next week, you're talking about a decent QBR right at 70, mm-hmm. 362 touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah, I, that is what allows you to have some hope on wanting Spencer Rattler back, right? Like if you're a South Carolina fan and he doesn't give you those two games, those two victories against ranked opponents, by the way, both in the top 10, mind you, yeah. two top 10 victories with those stat lines. If you're a Gamecock fan, bye. Like I don't, I don't want you. 
I, I don't care about you leaving, but because he did that, now you might have some optimism going into the season. And of course, Shane Beamer, we, we all feel like he did a pretty good job, a, an excellent job, maybe even with that team last season. Yeah, and you can also look at the attempts and tell clearly what the game plan was. I mean, you look 19 attempts against Kentucky, 25 versus Texas A&M, 30 against Missouri, 26 against Vandy, 26 against Florida. So, you know, they kind of let him go as the game called for it. And I think the more they needed him, the more they let him pass because this is still a high turnover guy coming out of that Oklahoma system where many people thought that he was going to be just outstanding. So I think that maybe this year they'll let him loose just a little bit more. So there you have it with South Carolina. He probably won't play too much because one of their big storylines as well is going to be who's going to be uh, that backup quarterback for them and who can uh, fill in depth-wise for them uh, as far as they've got uh, true freshman Braden Davis, Luke Doty, and Colton Gaudier. I guess that's the way you uh, pronounce his name. So a lot hear. of people are going to be looking at uh, what they can do. So uh, then also, like I said, the Clemson spring game storylines, a big thing I'm going to be looking for is what does this offense look like? I mean, last season – uh, a lot of people, when I watched the game and I saw how DJU looked and I looked how Cade Klubnick looked, I looked at how he looked, I didn't think that either one of these guys were, uh, you know, world beaters, so to speak, and I thought that offense would still struggle, and they did that. So a lot of people can say, you know, spring doesn't really mean much, but if you're supposed to be that guy, you should dominate spring games, and a lot of times the defense is going to be ahead of the offense when you have uh, a new starter, but when you've got vets back there, We'll see. And so with Garrett Riley stepping in there, I'm looking to see explosion from this Clemson offense. I want to see uh, what they could do uh, as well. Will Shipley, he might not play too much, but like I said, I'm really excited to see this Clemson offense and how they will look under Garrett Riley. And I want to see Christopher Vizena as well, uh, that five-star freshman, because I really liked his tape when I watched him. So I want to see what he does when he comes in and does he uh, look better than Cade. From all indications, Dabo has said that Cade looks, um, you know, better than he did last year. He talked about the the, the processing and the way that he's been playing. And so um, that's going to be a, a big focal point of the spring. Yeah, Cade Klubnick, that's going to be one where you had all the anticipation around DJU getting better and then played I thought actually got knocked a little bit more so than he, he was up and been. down last year. Well, but at the beginning of the season, Played people really well. were yeah. He but, was high in my quarterback ranking, number one for a couple of weeks. Right, but I think the <laughs> what I'm what I'm saying about the beginning of his season, yeah. was that I think a lot of people were still even somewhat criticizing him for it, and not even so much deservingly so until later in the season the numbers weren't as gaudy, and then eventually you did knock him down on your QB rankings within the ACC. My question is, Clemson has all this anticipation with their quarterback and Kate Klubnick. You're not really with it as far as the Klubnick prowess goes. No. What about Jordan Travis? Because I know you've not nearly been on the bandwagon for Jordan Travis either, but with Florida State also having their spring game and Clemson, I think both of these teams, and maybe not even teams, but both of these QBs are in the same category, at least in your mind, of they're getting a lot of gas right now, mm -hmm. and you think that we need to pump the brakes on both of these guys when it comes to possibly being the best QB in the AC. Yeah, I think so. Florida State fans, we're going to go ahead and start this up right now. Let's start the hatred. Let's start the ads. Let's get it cracking because I think Florida State is easily the most overrated team coming into this season. Please let me know what you did after you had a three-game losing streak to uh, arguably the best teams on your schedule with Wake Forest, North Carolina State, and Clemson because then you beat up on lowly Georgia Tech, Miami, Syracuse, Louisiana. No, not the top. Tigers, Florida, 
in Oklahoma. So uh, everybody wants to act like Jordan Travis is the best quarterback in the country now uh, because he goes out and throws for 418 and two touchdowns on Oklahoma in the bowl game. I mean, I think that I could put together a, a pretty decent stat line against that Oklahoma defense throwing at you and Fitty as my wide receivers. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my mic wasn't on. I'm amazing at football, just not at radio. I yeah, apologize. Yeah, and I know they want to cling to the LSU win at the beginning of the season, but that was the beginning of the year. LSU definitely was uh, breaking in a team. I'm not sure they beat them towards the end of the year, but I just think Florida State didn't beat anybody, and they're just going to have to prove it, uh, in my opinion. So we're going to see um, what they can do if this offense is going to indeed add some more playmakers. Uh, they have one of the better receivers in the country. When you talk about Hakeem Williams, a lot of people are looking at him uh, as well. Florida State's only produced one NFL draft pick at wide receiver since 2015. This kid goes 6'2", 215 pounds, highest-ranked wide receiver signed by Florida State since 2015. So a lot of people, if you're looking for a guy to watch in this game, look for Hakeem Williams to see uh, what he can do for the nose, North Carolina. Oh, you had something? Nope. Okay. No, you're good. No, I was just going to say that North Carolina, they get going in Chapel Hill, their spring game with Drake May now under their new offensive regime. Uh, how are they going to look? What do we expect to see from him? I mean, I think Drake's going to look good. He's got a new group of receivers to throw to, some key guys missing. Antoine Green is gone. Uh, and then Josh Lord. Josh Downs. Rolling. Yes, Josh Downs is gone as well. So uh, we'll see what that new look Carolina offense looks like. Still looking for some answers at running back as they haven't had a dominant guy back there since Javante Williams and Crew Fitty. Are you, uh, not how you feel about spring games, but are you going to be looking for anything specific with the heels? I mean, yeah, because there's, I think Carolina fans are cautiously optimistic. You're coming off a year where you, you went nine and five, but you were nine and one. Lost four games to end the regular to 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 end to end the year. That's unacceptable. You've got a guy in Drake May who's arguably maybe the second best quarterback in the country, right there behind Caleb Williams. He's going to be a contender for the Heisman Trophy. But if this offensive line doesn't improve and if this defense cannot find a way to stop people or force turnovers, you're probably going to be kind of what you've been the last couple of years, which is at an eight and four, nine and three football team. The biggest thing here is Chip Lindsay. You're talking about a former play caller. His last two places, he had play calling duty stripped away. Now, maybe that's because Gus Malzahn is just an ass and wants to do things his own way. But there's a lot there's a lot to be co- to to be concerned about because the last two times Chip Lindsay ran an offense, they weren't high potent, and, and Carolina needs to be, given where that defense is. Yeah, and then my uh, Wake Forest Demon Deacons as well. They're rolling uh, this weekend in their spring game. Mitch Griffiths, how's he going to look after a three-year wait and following up uh, Sam Hartman? What are your thoughts on Carolina uh, and Wake coming into their spring games? Are you looking for anything specific? Well, offensive coordinator change for North Carolina as well. I, I wonder if we do see Drake May... You know, maybe a little lackluster more so than you would think, right? Because if you are trying to undergo a new system, you lose Phil Longo and you're trying to get up to speed as much as you possibly can, are people going to overreact to maybe some non-gaudy numbers put up from Drake May in this one? You know, does he throw one interception? It's like, oh, he didn't look great. I, I don't think people would overreact. I think people would understand it in that situation. But I do wonder just what kind of reaction you would have. And then life after Sam Hartman, man, they've been able to battle through quarterbacks leaving before. So I think that leaves Dave Clawson with the benefit of the doubt, right? They move on from Jamie Newman, who 
was like an NFL prospect when he left yeah. and then he transfers to Georgia, but they get, I think that was one of the first stops of the JT. Um, oh man, who, who's my guy that transferred a whole bunch the of deals? JT Daniels. Yes, JT Daniels. Thank you. Yes. I was going to go with O'Sullivan. I was about to say the same thing, but JT Daniels, that was like an early stop on his transfer tour. And so Jamie Newman moves on, but he was a good QB for Wake Forest. And then boom, Sam Hartman. He's awesome. Right. And had been there for quite some time. Can they do it again? Can you just keep churning out really good QBs and then hit the ground running? Or this is a guy in Dave Clawson. It doesn't matter. You have strengths all across the board for you to be able to get over 500 every single year. I mean, Dave Clawson, you can set your watch to him being bowl eligible. Are you going to have to adapt to something different or will it be because you trust your QB? I think that's what's going to be interesting about Wake Forest beginning of the season. Yeah, and then staying in North Carolina, just talking about some overall college storylines that have developed in the last couple of days. Mackenzie Mbako uh, decommitted or asked out of his national letter of intent with the Blue Devils when Flip decided to come back. UNC, they're saying, is looming, looking. UNC needs a a superstar out there on that wing. He could be that guy, especially from what I saw uh, in the All-Star game the other day. Fiddy, what are the chances you're giving your Tar Heels to land Mackenzie Mbako? I don't really know how confident I am that they're going to get him. They at least got to be involved. They at least got to make a, a phone call, make a recruiting pitch, because Carolina is in a desperate need of what he has to offer. Um, but let's just be honest. Sheber Davis has, has, hasn't has had the best time or the easiest time right now landing transfers to, through the transfer portal. We thought Nick Timberlake from Towson was all but assured to be in Chapel Hill. Nothing concrete on that. Everyone thought Harrison Ingram was going to transfer in to Carolina from Stanford. He appears to be leaning more toward Kansas right now. So I'd probably say it's 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 well below 50% just because Hubert Davis is having a hard time selling his vision after a year where you were preseason number one and the heavy favorite to win the national championship going 2013 and missing the tournament altogether. And this would be the second year in a row where you did not leave the transfer portal with what you wanted in option A. And so if that's going to happen again for Hubert Davis, if plan A did not go as what you wanted, right. And then you have to, you know, look, Pete Nance was not their first option. I forget who the guy was that eventually did not end up going to Carolina. Who was it, Fiddy, that eventually would go to a different school, but it was the number one guy they wanted to go after in the transfer portal last year. I mean, year. they were heavy in on Matthew Mayer, the Baylor transfer. He goes to Illinois. Same thing with Terrence Shannon. Yeah. Uh, Kevin O'Banner. Like, there were a bunch of guys that Carolina identified, and they were like me on a dating app, striking out left and right. <laughs> yeah, sorry for both of you. Real quick before we go to break, did Duke break even with Filipowski coming back but losing Derek Lively? I say no, because I think Derek Lively was definitely the key to that defense, and I think that's going to hurt them if they can't find a so, Oh, so you think it actually – you think they – with Derek Lively leaving and Filipowski coming back, they, they even got worse within that I think that they got worse defensively, yes. I think so, for yeah. sure. I think that's going to have a huge effect on that defense. Yeah, I, I think so, too, defensively. I think overall, if we're trying to balance the scales or see which one outweighs another, I think Filipowski coming back helps them more so than it does losing Derek Lively. Filipowski, we were talking about, I know you disagreed pretty heavily. 
me and Fiddy were okay with putting him as the best ACC player. Mm-hmm. And, and even if he didn't get player of the year, that went to Isaiah Wong. I had no problem with that. Tyree Appleby, we know what kind of season it was. But Filipowski was up there. Derek Lively wasn't. Defensively, huge deal, right? I still think Filipowski coming back, playing his second year in the ACC, I think that matters more. And that is the heavier thing on the scale than Derek Lively leaving. Fiddy, what say you? I would just say, go back and look at their tournament exit. If, if, if Filipowski doesn't play the way that he played against Tennessee they score 40 points in that game probably not Lively is a big part of what they did but I do think that you can re you can find another guy to block shots and rebound the ball well yeah I mean they're going after Caden Cedric from UVA but I think Lively like I said defensively just seeing him up close and how much he altered shot shots on top of blocking shots rebounding, all that type of stuff, and the energy he gave them. It's going to be interesting because uh, Filipowski is really their only rim protector at this point. So those are some of the local college storylines. Check out those spring games this weekend. Look for um, all my posts coming on social media on Saturday. I will be lit out here in these Clemson streets, okay? And so when we come back, more 39th overall talk. The Panthers hosted a big pass-catching target this week is he the target at 39 we'll talk about that and more this is the wesson walker show sports radio 92.7 wfnz life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider kesimpta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home if you're ready for something different ask your healthcare provider about kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. So much of our show is going to different people and asking why they're laughing. Here's another example. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? The conversation we had just—it was discipline, just laughing. right? Yeah. So, yeah, so, so we'll we'll share. You. We'll give you a little peek behind the curtain. Do we need to? But on the this one, this could be a little controversial. I guess disciplining kids—that's yeah. the one. It's <laughs> 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 just so late. We moved on. I'm sorry, Planet Key, if you didn't want to be associated with that. But we are in the Planet Kia studios, and by the way. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ is broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Yep, keep hitting it. Visit them on East Independence or online at planetkianc.com. Again, planetkianc.com. Really, the conversation stemmed from me being very nervous this weekend. I'm going to take a beach trip because my girlfriend, one of her friends, is having a birthday out there, so we're going out and doing that thing, but I couldn't find anybody to babysit my dog. Now, Fiddy's mad at me. But look, my, Guinness is different. Now, I'm telling you, anybody that's a beagle owner out there, a one-and-a-half-year-old beagle, wild. I just, there's some things that you need to, you know, I, I trust people that have watched him before. Mm. And so, because of that, I got to take him on this three-and-a-half, four-hour car ride, and he does not like car rides. So, we're about to, you know, slip him a little medication. Hopefully, he calms down. But even then, it's not great. And so we were talking, and Fiddy said, I feel like you have a short fuse with dogs. And that's not true. It's just that Guinness is tough. I've got real anxiety about this. Mm. How about, I mean, you don't even have a dog, right? You, no. You've talked about animals. Not necessarily your thing, though, right? right? 
not having dogs? No, I mean, I wouldn't personally want to own one. Like, I've thought about it, especially like during pandemic and stuff like that. I mean, I wouldn't be like these people that get the dogs during pandemic and give them back. Like, oh, I would the, love to have the one. the worst kind of person. But for me, is uh, some of the things, like when you talk about the medicals and when some of that stuff comes up mm-hmm. and I got to pay some bands. Yeah. I, I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. Fitty, you have how, you have one dog, right? Or kind of one dog? You've got different households at different, like your yeah, mom has one, you've got your cousin's got a dog, so it's not really yours to take care of. You just are kind of the fun uncle type of thing. Yeah, but all, like, I, I'm, I'm just a dog person. Every dog except flounders, they all gravitate towards me. Like, like, my, <laughs> like my, my roommates, we have two. Their names are Sadie and Tansy. And the second I walk in the door... It's 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 like the best moment of their day when I go see my dad. They've got two dogs. Mm-hmm. The second they see me, it's the best part of their day. My mom's dog I hate. I can't stand him. <laughs> but he likes me, so, you know. Oh, no, that's kind of bad. Yeah. That's an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. So just you just try dog. to run away from it, and it doesn't matter? It'll still find you no yeah, matter I where mean, you are? Yeah, he's just uh, – we had two dogs, and, and my all-time favorite dogs, we had to put her down earlier this year. Since he came into our life three years ago, these two dogs died. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he had something up his sleeve the second we, we brought him home from the shelf. Oh, no. Yeah, we have a couple people writing in. Michael, the 49er fan. Big shout to Michael. Beagles are tears, man. Yes, they, they can't. The thing is, it's a good dog, right? Like, he's awesome. He's fun. He's he's really he's really fun in the backyard sniffing for squirrels and going crazy, all that stuff. He'll cuddle real hard, all that good stuff. But, yeah, going in the car rides, it, that's going to be um, very anxious for me. And so I'm now I'm sharing all of this with everybody on the airwaves. And plus... I did want to ask this question before we move on. Three dogs. That's how many I have. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. I want to know, is that the threshold? Like, is three, is, if you get over two, does that mean, oh, okay, full-blown, like that is too many dogs? Or do you have to get to four before you have that title? 704-570-9610. All right, let's get to the 39th overall selection conversation with the Carolina Panthers. We've talked a lot about the wide receiver position, Wes. Mm-hmm. But Darnell Washington, the Panthers are going to be hosting the Georgia tight end where he's kind of someone that didn't have a whole lot of receptions with the Bulldogs. Yeah. Really, it was he was kind of the backup tight end. The second five career catches. Yeah, not many. Right. This is kind of the of what Ian Thomas was coming out of college. Not too many receptions, but viewed as an athletic specimen drafted on the first day of the fourth round. I believe drafted the first pick of the fir- uh, fourth round. Darnell Washington at 39. Do you like that match for Carolina going after a tight end there? Um, it's it's interesting to say the least. I think his potential uh, is through the roof. And so when you talk about Ian Thomas, when he came out, 6'4", 259, 4'7", 40-yard dash. Now, he did show explosion, 36-inch vertical jump and a 10-3 broad. But this guy, uh, Darnell Washington, 6'7", 264 pounds, 4'6", 440. His 1.57 split was tied for second at the NFL Combine and his 4.08 20-yard shuttle top tight end at the NFL Combine. So this guy's got speed. He's got agility to go along with that. So you look at and see, and, and, and when we talk about context, and Georgia's offense, very run heavy. We know that. And even if they have a dominant receiver, you're talking 50, 55 catches, somewhere like that. You're not going to Georgia to catch 100 passes by any sense of the imagination. And so with this guy, you look at it, 45 career catches, 774 yards, three touchdowns. You know, this is a guy who for the Panthers, as far as their mantra, if they continue to be a kind of a team that values the run and what it brings, every team does. But we know with the Panthers, they've always been a kind of run first organization. 
Well, he gives you a little bit of that. Very good blocker uh, in the gap in the zone blocking scheme. So you want to talk about that. Very good run blocker he is. So he helps there. But then he gives you a big target and with the athleticism that he has. And he's showing that he's capable. It's not like he went there and had 10 catches in his career. He had 45. So he can catch the football. This is a guy that's viewed as a second-round selection. I think he would be a good fit uh, for the Panthers if they want to go there. It, to me, it's all about who else is available. Uh, at that point. But this guy, from an athleticism standpoint, potential, I mean, he could end up being one of the gems of this draft. Yeah. Huge li- target for a rookie. No, yeah, I like him. I think with the Carolina Panthers at number 39 overall, having Tommy Tremble and Ian Thomas, I don't want that to affect your decision making, I guess. But at the same time, there's enough needs elsewhere for me to probably not invest in Darnell Washington here, mm-hmm. even though I like the player. I just, I kind of equate this to Tommy Tremble, right? Wasn't he getting a lot of the same type of evaluation when, okay, not someone with a whole lot of receptions coming out of Notre Dame, very big, you know, great athletic testing, great run blocker. That's all people talked about with Tommy Tremble. And now here we are talking about the same thing with Darnell Washington. Mm -hmm. And it was all about, okay, the athleticism is there enough for him to possibly hit later on down the road. Well, now here you are a little bit down the road. Are you giving up on Tommy Tremble right before there's not a chance of a breakout, but for him to have that ability to be a starting caliber tight end? We've discussed it quite a bit. Tight end is really hard to grow up in the league. Like that position, because you have so many different responsibilities, being a blocker as well as running routes, different responsibilities at different points in the field, I think the second contract, once that hits, that's a lot of times when tight ends will break out. So for me, I think I'm still holding on to Tommy Trimble and just seeing how that works rather than investing into Darnell Washington as much as I like him as the player. Give me a cornerback there. Give me an offensive lineman there. Certainly give me a wide receiver, as we've talked about a lot, before I'd go with Washington at that draft. Um, Yeah, and I guess he could be a, a tight ends are pseudo offensive lineman anyway with the blocking that they have to do. I think he gives you better size. Tommy Trimble goes 6'4". Uh, about 248 pounds, at least. And that's they what love he Ian Thomas out. as a blocker, too. Yeah. That's all they do is they, rave about him there. Yeah, at least that's what he came out as. Uh, but like I said, and then Tommy Trimble ran 4.59 coming out. That's a great time. But you talk about the great size that Darnell Washington would give you. And just like I said, that big target over the middle. Uh, I think that, you know, he would be a nice piece. Again, my thing is just who's available. Is there a wide receiver available that could make more of a difference? Perhaps. Uh, but this is a guy that I think that has a lot of potential. And with that kind of speed and agility, is he a guy that you can be versatile with? I think that's what would bring some uh, a real argument for him to make that pick. Is he a guy that's capable of splitting out wide? Have they worked him out? And has he shown the ability to go out wide and catch passes? Would that change your viewpoint of him? If he could do that, if he could, if he could give you Jimmy Graham-like red zone production where he's you know, splitting out wide and can and get busy on corners. Yeah, I would love it. No, that'd be that'd be great. Would if, that make you feel better if they drafted him if he could do that? Yeah, and it's not like I'm gonna hate it, right? I mean, if you're asking me, okay, are you taking Darnell Washington over Josh Downs? I'm taking Josh Downs. If you're asking me over, I don't know, Tank. Some of these wide Tank. Yeah, Tank is interesting. I'm probably taking Tank. Like, I want to go after a wide receiver more so than I'd like to go after a tight end. Clearly best player available. If you think Washington is going to be a tight end of the future, awesome. Go for it. But just for me, I'm going for the wide receiver position more so. 
And it'll be interesting, too, because if they if they go that route, okay, Washington or whatever tight end, you know, maybe Mayer actually falls that because it's possible. I mean, I, it's possible. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll happen, but I do think it is possible. And there's a tight end for the taking there at number 39. That means you just signed Hayden Hurst. He's going to be your starting tight end this year. You drafted Tommy Tremble in the second round. I think he's going into his third year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I think I have that right. So his third year for Tommy Tremble. You paid Ian Thomas a contract. You know, so I don't know what the money thing is, the situation is for him. So I guess, are you moving on from Ian Thomas? You know, that spells bad news for Steven Sullivan, who, you know, he was targeted a few times last year, not heavily, but was on the roster as well. So I guess it'd be what, Hurst, Trimble, second round pick. And are you keeping four tight ends? Plus, you got to think about Richie, who's doing some fullback stuff, hybrid kind of, right? Like, I, I wonder just how crowded that room gets, and then you just go ahead and focus on a, def- a different position anyway. You don't have that problem. Yeah, I mean, if there was to be a guy that they would probably get rid of, I mean, do you think it's Ian Thomas? I mean, at this point, you're not getting, you know, world-beating production out of him. And when you watch him play, I mean, I don't think there's much that's dynamic about him. I think that a guy like Darnell Washington, like I said, could provide that type of weapon for him. You know, does he play that fast? And we know he's physical already. So I think he will be a nice pick. And I think it's a guy that, like I said, uh, could give the Panthers – you know, another weapon dynamic in a different way. Yeah. So the potential out for Ian Thomas with his contract that he just signed the first year hitting this past season, the potential out is after this year. So Ian Thomas is on the roster that that's where it gets tough, right? Like, are you just giving up on Tommy Tremble right now? I don't think they are. I don't. So $7.3 million dead cap hit. If you moved on from Ian Thomas now, it's not, uh, I mean, it's a decent amount, you know, it's, it's not, a crazy amount, but it's certainly a decent amount where I'm sure you wouldn't want to have more dead cap to the tune of seven million dollars. Team they host guys in the draft process that they're serious about picking. Like if they think that he's a guy they could select, yeah, they bring him in, right? Sure. No, and I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's crazy if they select him. Yeah. Where so. So, no, I'm just trying to think no, you're through the good. process. I'm not sure because sometimes you know you might be like, I wouldn't think they bring a guy in just to bring him in. So. You know, that's why I pose the question, is he a real possibility? Oh, yes. The answer is yes to that. Is he a real possibility? I think so. I would go a different direction, but I absolutely think he is a real possibility. People are saying they don't like Ian Thomas. Somebody's saying, you know, he's a bum. Okay, move on from Ian Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) They don't like Ian Thomas and Tommy Tremble. You put the mic in position. What were you about to say, Fitty? Do people hate Ian Thomas because Ian Rappaport called him a core member of the organization? Oh, it's so true. It, It did not help. Well, and the thing is, too, we all thought Ian Thomas was going to break out, right? Like, this is the guy that was awesome during Greg Olson's injury, Ian Thomas's rookie year. Remember that game against Cleveland? He was targeted a million times. Yeah. I, I think I've I think I've done this before. I don't want to do the math again because bad things happen when I do math on air. We've seen that before. But I think Ian Thomas, in those last eight games of his rookie season, had more catches I think that's right, and touchdowns than he has the years combined afterwards. I mean, Tommy Tremble is someone they're throwing to a lot right now, and they view Ian Thomas as a blocking tight end. Afterward, we we thought he was a raw prospect coming out of IU when they drafted him, and so I think that's why people are frustrated because the breakout year just never happened. You will so, be correct in that too. It's crazy, right? Twenty-four catches he had, and he hasn't had a season better than that since. I mean, so okay, you draft an athletic tight end, doesn't pan out. But he was always going to be a, a potential, a raw guy, but never breaks out. Okay, Tommy Trimble, you draft the athletic tight end, never breaks out. Do you want to take a third time here? Like, it doesn't mean 
that you completely negate that process. It doesn't mean you never try to draft the tight end of the future again, but that would be three times in a row when you might be giving up on Trimble a little too early. I, I give Trimble another season to hopefully improve. It might be hard with Hayden Hurst as the starting guy, but I don't know if I'm drafting another guy like that. So we have three tight ends of that ilk with Hayden Hurst as the star. Yeah, it's a big position. I mean, when you look at a lot of the teams across the league, the more successful ones, they have a pretty good tight end. I mean, you talk about the Eagles with Goddard, the Cowboys with Schultz, even though he's gone to Houston, my Niners and Kittle, the Chiefs and Kelsey. So, I mean, you know, it's a big position. I'm sure the Panthers would like to get addressed. Well, and the other so we'll thing, see. you know, people kill Joe Brady and, I mean, even Ben McAdoo a little bit for not using the tight end as much. And they had the, the Ravens big, and Mark Andrews. Excuse well, me. No, you're good. Well, they had the big red zone problems as well. A lot of people would say, okay, get a good tight end. That is going to help you with your red zone problems. And, you know, with a physical running attack, that helped Carolina in the red zone for sure. And Tommy Tremble, you know, touchdown Tommy, right? Like that's, I, I would like to know the percentage of his receptions, what they go for touchdowns. We can look that up and we can do it during the break. So Fitty will help us do that right now by going to the last Fitty flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? All right, guys, we're going to check in on that history that's trying to be made down in, in St. Petersburg, but the Rays are losing three to one in the middle of the fifth. I wanted to go back though, to some college storylines yesterday. Carolina basketball did see Jackie Manuel exit the program to take a coaching position at America. Now, of course, his role with UNC was off the floor. He, he could do certain stuff in practice, but wasn't on the bench during games. Wes, do you think this might be a, a, a problematic thing for Huber Davis or just a guy that wants to, you know, get some experience being an, an actual assistant head coach? Yeah, I'm going to go with the fact that, like I said, things aren't looking great in Chapel Hill, but I think Jackie Manuel just is a guy that probably aspires to being a coach, uh, getting his feet wet, being around the Carolina program, understanding what that's about, uh, I think has helped him. But now I think he's probably starting his path to becoming maybe a head coach down the line. Yeah, 100%. I, I take zero problem with this, right? I don't think, oh, okay, there's some real problems in Chapel Hill. Jackie Manuel, clear, this is what a lot of people have done. They'll get on the staff, and then we see this with Duke, right? It doesn't mean that Duke has any problems with their coaches. We've seen guys leave for smaller schools, but to be an assistant, possibly even head coach, this is just the latest development in Jackie Manuel trying to become a head coach. One more segment to go. We haven't talked about Fitty's fast food selections as much today. I would like to observe that and see if we agree with Fitty's selections during the fast food draft on Mac and Bone. That's coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Fitty called me Slim Daddy, and it was uncomfortable because that's something that somebody wrote into the text line. I think it was Bagel Guy, Big Cat Dan, one of them. You said you liked it, though. 
<sighs> not when you say it the way you do. Because you say it with a little stank, and it's uh, it doesn't smell a right. A little sultry. Yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> Which it's not like it's not like that surprising. Calling anyone dad. I feel weird about it. 704-570-9610. Now you're the one with daddy issues. I, I am. I, <laughs> I do have daddy nickname issues. I absolutely do. I did want to talk about your fast food draft, though, real quickly, because T-Bone called you yesterday. He asked you to be a part of a three-man fast food draft, and mm-hmm. you were picking last. Now, yeah. it was a snake style, right? So that was it, correct. Okay, so you had the last pick of the first, first of the second, vice versa. So you ended up with this team. Team Josh, fast food style. Was McDonald's going back to back McDonald's Chipotle? Yep. Taco Bell, Zaxby's. So Team Josh was McDonald's Chipotle, Taco Bell, Zaxby's. Just to give you my quick evaluation, McDonald's is a classic. Can't go wrong. I think that's a very strong third, third overall, I think it's strong. I know you didn't like it. I know you had buyer's remorse, but I don't think you should. McDonald's is totally fine. Taco Bell would have been my pick there, but you got it at excellent value. The fact that yes. it lasted that long... Oh, man, that was a steal. Go ahead and moan, because I said you moan about Taco Bell. I'm not going to, especially with Daddy surrounding us, but I do like Taco Bell (laughs) being the Tom Brady of this draft. It will win you multiple Super Bowls. And Zaxby's, to me, the best condiment in the game. Zach's sauce is fantastic. I know it's a little controversial. I love it. But Zaxby's... Liquid salt. Oh, yeah, but I'm I'm with it. (laughs) It's so so good. I I think Zaxby's is the one I gas up the most that I also eat the least because I love Zaxby's, but I don't eat it. Yeah, I think Zaxby's has Zaxby's has good food. I just rarely eat there. Same. That's exactly what it is for me. All right. So that's Team Josh. Here's Team T-Bone. Chick-fil-A was the first overall Mm, pick. Strong. Bojangles. Strong. Cookout. Strong. Yeah. And Wendy's. Mm, that's a hard dude. That's hard to beat right there, that buddy. Is, that is uh you could you could argue that is a Mount Rushmore style. You need McDonald's on the Mount Rushmore. That's like the Phoenix Suns. It's strong. You're you're totally right. <laughs> it's real it's, it's book of Durant here's, here's Max List. Five guys, Ooh. Jersey Mike's, okay. Culver's, Popeyes. I think Mac is last. Yeah. I, I think so. Mac those are good spots, but I say last. Uh, yeah, those are. Yeah, I like Jersey Mike's a lot. Five Guys, I don't go to all that much. Overrated. Hey, yeah. No, to yeah, me, Five the, Guys yeah. is the best burger that, of a place I have to sit down and. Oh, Five okay, Guys. Okay, but part, but part of this though has to do with price, right? And the fries. But fast food baked into the cake is the fact that it's cheap food too. I don't. Yeah, I don't consider Five Guys fast food. That's why I rarely go there. As much as I love it, it's yeah, my favorite some, burger. Right, like Jersey Mike's. I don't know. You know, look, I'm not going to be a fuddy duddy and try to bring in some questionable rules here. Yeah. But Jersey Mike's, I wouldn't classify it as either. Well, so it's like, really good, but go it, ahead. It was all encompassing. It was all like national which is change. Fair. Which is fair. Just That's where I think I messed up because I know that they are. They're like Harris Teeter and Publix guys for their sandwiches. So I kind of just banked yeah. on getting Jersey Mike's, and when that went off the board, I felt like I was in trouble. I thought my draft though was strong. Like, did T-Bone was, have the first pick? He did. Yeah. So yeah, Chick Fil A was first overall pick, but then he had to wait a long time to get Bojangles. I mean, that's and Cookout. That that's on the drafters at that point. I mean, I don't I don't mind Fitty's Chipotle. He got Taco Bell. That's yeah. Big. The pass up Cookout though, or Bojangles. Cookout could get a big old by Goma. Yeah, the pass up cookout. 
to pass up mm-hmm. cookout or Bojangles for Chipotle. Yeah. I love Chipotle, but I don't think it would have made my top four. Mm, yeah, same. I yeah, I that's like, like a reach a lot. at the draft. Like oh, when you pick no. a that's like picking Darnell Washington. I'm telling <laughs> I'm telling you for me, <laughs> if I was picking though, first overall, I would have gone Taco Bell. And I know Chick fil A would have been the second pick. I know that. People put Chick fil A on a pedestal. Yeah. I like Chick-fil-A fine. To me, it's overrated because people view it as this best thing of all time. It is not. It's not the best fast food restaurant out there. They Chick- got the best service. That's that's great. They've got the second best condiment in Chick-fil-A sauce behind Zach's sauce. I do like Chick-fil-A sauce. Their food, I mean, their food is... It's good. To, to me, they Pretty lose amazing. me. Their breakfast is overrated. See, I actually like their breakfast. And I like their waffle fries, too. Their biscuit sucks. That's fair. It falls apart, but I enjoy it. What do we think about Bojangles... As well, like Bojangles is inconsistent, but I do feel like it has to be on this list. I mean, yeah, but uh, when you're making a list like this, you're talking about everything. The playing field is equal to everything in its prime. If you can get a prime batch of any of those places, mm-hmm. and when you get prime Bojangles, it's as good as it gets. I want a prime woman. Okay, that was weird. Um, yeah. Let's go to Salesman <laughs> Sports Radio, 704-570-9610. Salesman wrote in, Jersey Mike's cost like $98 for a six-inch towel. So this is... It Matt, is pricey. You can tell Mac has been here the longest, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, five guys. I'm sure he wanted to put up Capital Grill on this list, too. No. <laughs> That's not fast food for you peasants? Yeah. Please. Yeah. No, no, five guys is pricey, though. For five guys and Jersey Mike's. Yeah. The thing about Jersey Mike's, the sub is great. The regular price is okay, but... I'm a big dude. I need a little bit more. And if you pay for the giant sub, you're paying over 20 bucks for yeah. that thing. And that and doesn't so even include chips in your drink. They don't have their sizes right at Jersey yeah. Mike's. That's the problem with Jersey Mike's. And then he goes Culver's and Popeye's. Popeye's, you can get some good deals there. I haven't been to Culver's in forever. Yeah. Hardy's went undrafted. Big Cat Dan had a problem with that. Speaking of pricey. Hell, where can you find one? There's Hardy. one right around the corner from me. But good Lord, you can't hardly find them anymore. <sighs> Hardy's is good, though. Hardy's breakfast is definitely goat status. They, they almost, yeah, those Carolina are some big sandwiches from Hardy's. And I used to love, before Five Guys, I used to love their uh, thick burgers. Hardy's thick burger? Yeah, Hardy's. Well, I used to get that double only, with the bacon. Oh. Two C's thick burger is what it was. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. It was sexy burger. I used to get that half pound Spe- bacon double. Speaking of sexy Hardy's, do you remember the weird commercials? I almost felt like I was yes. watching something PG-13 they as a great. five-year-old. I never, I never complained. Yeah, they were great. You were in diapers still. No. <laughs> they aired one after when the one of the best days of my life. Watching Joe Flacco win the Super Bowl, the very first commercial that CBS cut to was a Hardy's commercial. She was sitting in a chair, this, this top, and just watching all the juices go down her body. <laughs> he just trying to get us off the air, isn't he? You don't remember. There's I'm nothing that explains who Fitty is more than what he just said. Right. All of that. He remembers where he was. Like, this was a Super Bowl moment. He remembers where he was when that specific Hardy's commercial yeah. was Walker Mill and Wes Bryant on air do not share the views of Josh Fitty Marlowe. It's in my Twitter bio. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, opinions are my own and Fitties are not my own. <laughs> that's in my Twitter bio. Follow me on Twitter at Walker Mail just so we don't get it twisted. All right, Fitty, I can't believe I'm going to give you more mic time, but here it is. Tell us what happened on this day in sports history. Got some good ones for you guys today as on this day in 1960. 1960- 62 at the Polo Grounds. An impressive 12,447 Met fans welcome the return of NL baseball to New York, although they would lose their first ever home game to the Pirates 4-3. On this day in 2016, the Golden State Warriors became the first 
73 win team by beating the Grizzlies 125-104. An NBA mark set 20 years ago by the Bulls that they topped by a single game. Uh, and also, same day, 2016, Kobe Bryant goes out with a Hollywood ending to his NBA career, scoring 60 points in his final game, wrapping a 20-year career in the NBA as the Lakers beat the Jazz 101-296. Will anyone ever top Golden State's 73-9 record? I don't think so. That's not with low management and all that crap. I don't think so. Uh, excellent. Yeah, that's a great point. Also, did you have anything to say about? I know you've talked about the Kobe ending before, like yeah. that. You were you were all about the Kobe. Yeah, ending, I went to right? bed at first, right, and then I said, no, I can't do this. I can't do this to Kobe tonight. I'm gonna <laughs> be sleepy tomorrow and finish this thing out with my dog. And by, mentality, baby. Yeah. yeah. And by the way. 1962, you mentioned the Pittsburgh Pirates there at the Polo Grounds. You know whose rookie year that was? Was it Willie Stur uh, Stargels? Willie Stargel. Stargel. As Fitty might say. <laughs> 1962. That'll do it for Weston Walker. All right, Canes tonight, Canes and Panthers, playoffs on the horizon, man. I, like I got to get back baby. on my Canes. Get oh. them leotards on. All right. I've so, been slacking. Oh, yeah, you have been, and that's why I didn't go to it. So the, the, the one time we take out what's on tap, that's the time you bring it back. Hold on. Let's talk about the Canes. Ebony, an analysis on the Canes, or was that it? Uh, they need it because that could be their first-round opponent, and the Devils, they're pretty much tied with them. They're slightly ahead, and the Devils play tonight as well, so they got to get a win. All right, there's Black Eyes with you for your hockey segment of the day. That'll do it for us. Stick around for Kyle Bailey alongside Smoke Ludwig. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.